Hello and welcome to the Ordinary People's Theatre Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Sheehan. Sit back, relax and enjoy our comedy mixtapes, mini soaps and short stories. Super smart tales with a dark twist. We have the occasional classic tale thrown in for good measure. We upload here on the first Monday of the month and for more information about us, go to ordinarypeoplestheatre.co.uk. Enjoy the show. by Emma Sheehan. Michelle had been waiting a long time for a proposal from her boyfriend Tim. Far too long, in fact. They had been together for 18 months now, and she reckoned that as they were both in their late 30s, that was more than enough time, and she was wondering what the delay was. They'd met at a mutual friend's wedding, and Michelle had thought that Tim was fairly good-looking in his grey suit in a sea of just-okay blokes in grey suits. Their eyes met across the dance floor, somewhat awkwardly as Tim was dancing, while dragging a large tipsy blonde around in a circle that she was quite clearly not capable of going in. And Michelle was sitting with a group of other late-thirties women in too tight satin, crippling shoes and ugly headgear. It was tedious competing with this bland hotchpotch year in, year out, she thought, and she knew she really did need to knuckle down and find the one. They lurched around the dance floor for about 20 minutes after Tim had dumped the blonde, rather unceremoniously, Michelle thought, as the woman was later spotted vomiting into a cheese plant in the hotel reception. But Michelle was pleased, as at least she'd have the chance to show off her nude court stiletto shoes, which were a bit of a waste when she was just sitting at a table. As the party wound down and the happy couple were waved off, after the bride tossed her bouquet to the wrong girl, as per usual, Tim was being summoned by a departing minibus of grey-suited pals, so he only had a few seconds in which to ask for Michelle's phone number. Truth be told, he would have quite liked to get the blonde's phone number as well, but he was unable to make a positive ID on her from the neck down, as she was now slumped fully into the plant pot. Michelle was a bit peeved that Tim took three days to call her, but was prepared to let him off as, would you know it, another frump in the office announced her engagement. This was getting ridiculous. She'd have to check out if Tim was the one and pronto. Getting ready for her first date with him, she made a bit of extra effort just in case it was worth it. She had her long brunette hair blown out. She bought a new bra and splashed out on a new lipstick to match her crimson nails. Smiling at a lovely reflection, she knew he didn't stand a chance. Tim had asked her out to a restaurant after making a long-winded apology about the delay in ringing as he'd been helping his mother out with something. Michelle thought he was probably trying to come across as an all-round good egg who wouldn't let down his dear old mum. She didn't really care, but was pleased about the dinner date though. None of this lets meet for a coffee or a quick bite at lunch nonsense. He was a proper bloke who took the time to book a decent place, turn up in a suit, pick up the bill. 
Maybe things were looking up. After a pleasant Sunday lunch with Michelle's parents a few weeks into their courtship, Tim asked Michelle if she'd like to meet his mother. Tim talked about his mother quite a lot. In fact, so much he was getting Michelle a bit worried. I mean, sure, most people have a mum, but Michelle was getting the sinking feeling that Tim had a mother. The blasted woman was constantly texting or even ringing during dates, fussing about what time Timmy would be home or giving reminders of groceries to pick up, complaining of feeling unwell with mystery ailments that cleared up as quickly as they'd appeared as soon as Tim had cut short yet another date to rush home to mother. Agreeing to a Saturday tea a few weeks later, Michelle was slightly alarmed when she was introduced to Tim's mother, Barbara. Barbara was an enormous woman, perpetually enrobed in purple caftans with a ginormous velvet turban perched atop her head. Pulling herself together after Barbara boomed a greeting and pulled her into a suffocating hug, Michelle assumed this would be a walkover. How wrong she was. Quite how Barbara had given birth to mild-mannered Dithera Timmy was certainly something to ponder. Barbara told Michelle that she was an artist and was at pains to point out that she was a classically trained artist, not the kind who made pickled sharks or unmade beds. At least that's what Michelle thought, she said, although she had no idea what this could possibly mean. After a rather long, drawn-out and unasked-for tour of the house, Michelle wondered if she'd heard the woman correctly. Well, surely Barbara couldn't be a real artist. Although her house was covered from top to bottom with hundreds of awful paintings, they were like something a toddler would do. And when explaining them later to her own parents, she wasn't sure if she could describe them as daubs or dabs or daubs. Whatever they were, they were terrible, thought Michelle, just terrible. So bad were they that later she quizzed him on the veracity of the claims that his mother had actually been trained in art. Michelle had to take their word for it that the woman had actually attended art college but she wondered if Barbara was one of those fantasists and she had been at the college but maybe only as a dinner lady or something. Any time they visited her she would be up and working on one of her canvases dobbing and daubing away with her giant hands. Horrible hands they were too, thought Michelle and like so many of these so-called arty types Barbara had tons of silver rings with large, ugly stones squashed onto each finger and hundreds of jangling bangles that made a constant racket all the time. Barbara was getting on Michelle's nerves and she spent as little time with her as possible. After a few months of too many evenings spent with Tim and his mother, Michelle was starting to get a bit bored and thought that something needed to change. Was he going to propose or not? Was he the one? If not, she'd no need to spend any more time with his mother. At least if he did propose, they could get their own place and not spend so much time Shay Barbara. A couple of days later, and would you know it, he went and did it. They were out in their local park, which was all right now and again, but was happening more often than Michelle liked. After all, they didn't even have a dog. So what was the fascination with all this fresh air, she wondered. And she really didn't have the shoes for a lot of plodding about. They'd stopped for a breather on a park bench when it happened. Tim dramatically dropped to one knee and produced a little box and gazed up with her with a silly look on his face. Unfortunately, Michelle wasn't able to catch sight of the name of the jeweller on the box. It definitely wasn't Tiffany's. She knew that much. Wrong colour box. 
She'd have to check later and see if it was passable or would need to be destroyed and replaced with something more suitable, and she wondered if they sold empty Cartier boxes on eBay. She pulled herself back from this train of thought and remembered to accept. But thought a proposal, maybe in Venice or on a mini-break, would have been so much nicer. But she was willing to overlook it as the beggar had finally got on with it. Although he did rather ruin the moment by shouting, Mummy's going to be so pleased! as soon as he slipped the ring on her finger. As she looked down at the ring, she was surprised to see that it wasn't gold, but platinum. At least she thought it was platinum, but glancing further as they left the park to get a celebratory drink, she wondered if it maybe was white gold, which would be a bit of a disappointment, really. At the pub, she waited for Tim to get the drinks. She hadn't actually specified champagne, but surely he would know that by now, wouldn't he? She spent some time and looked more closely at her ring. And then she thought her chest was going to explode. Continuing to stare, she found her eyes going blurry. She felt an icicle stab into her heart. Moving her hand into the light a bit more, she stopped breathing. It couldn't be, could it? She moved her hand again and focused. Stealing herself, she looked unblinkingly as the ring came back into focus and then she felt like she'd been shot. Not just shot with a little pistol either, but machine gunned with one of those Kalashnikovs or whatever they were called, as the horrible truth dawned. This ring was silver. She then had a proper look at the sapphire. It was a sapphire, wasn't it? The sapphire was, of course, passé until William gave Diana's to Kate and then it should go to stone if it's not a diamond. No sane man would try to get away without a diamond or a sapphire, would they? Michelle leaned back in the booth and felt the nausea rising. This was no sapphire. It was a flat, matte, turquoise colour of some sort. Her face began to burn as she realised what was happening. She had a cheapo silver ring with a tiny turquoise on her wedding finger in public. What the hell was Tim thinking? He had a good job. He wasn't short of a bob, that was for sure. His mother's house was a great big detached jobby in the right part of town. He even had a Lexus for crying out loud. The shame quickly turned into rage. It suddenly became crystal clear what was going on here. Tim had chosen this ring on purpose. And before he reached the table with the wrong sparkling wine, she was struck. And this time it was like a bomb going off. Tim had bought her a ring fit for his mother. Oh dear. Oh dear indeed. The next day, Michelle woke up in agony. Her silvered finger all blown up, a throbbing, swollen red mess. It looked like a sausage. It looked like Barbara's fingers, she thought with disgust. Her parents called down in the morning, by which time Michelle had been holding her hand up in the air for as long as she could manage and then plunging it into a packet of frozen peas as it was the only way to stop the throbbing. She held out her hand with a weak smile to her dad's pronouncement of Lovely, but what did he know? Her mother's eyebrows shot to her hairline as she said too brightly, Oh, it's super, darling. Poor mum. That night, rather than a trip to A&E, Michelle soaped the silver fiend off. Her finger had turned green by this point. Did silver do that? Make you go green, she thought. 
Is this thing even silver, she wondered, or is this circle of dread tin or something? The following weeks were a mixture of indescribable shame and agony as friend after colleague stared in pity at the ensilvered sausage. At least most of them saved their laughs and cutting remarks until they thought she was well out of earshot. She reached breaking point when she realised her only choices now were to have her finger amputated or call off the wedding. And she was strongly leaning towards the latter, as this was all Tim thought she was worth, obviously. Toying with her decision, she was summoned by Tim to celebrate his mother's birthday at a ghastly party the following weekend. Michelle's mood was unimproved by the party and she stood quietly enraged as a large number of people gathered around Barbara as she opened her presents and cards to little cries of ooh and aww and smatterings of applause. Barbara saved her present from Tim until last and Michelle looked on with the others as Barbara fussily unwrapped a tiny cube and then theatrically pulled out the biggest ring Michelle had ever seen. It was bright gold with a golf ball-sized sapphire perched on top. Oh, Timmy, darling, you shouldn't have. What a naughty boy you are buying Mummy this ring. Look, everybody, it's huge. It's like Princess Diana's. What a bobby dazzler. Barbara whooped and, supergluing a smile to her face, Michelle concentrated on not fainting. I'm so spoilt, Timmy. I feel just like Princess Di, you know. She had her pool barrel, her rock, and you, Timmy, you're my rock. Barbara squealed in delight. This was mind-blowing. This was incredible. Michelle had to gather her thoughts and plunged her hand into a nearby punch bowl to stop the throbbing as she took it all in. So Tim had bought his mother a beautiful sapphire. A beautiful gold ring. What had Barbara christened it? A Bobby Dazzler. Tim had brought Barbara her sapphire. Her gold ring. Her Bobby Dazzler. While she had this hoop of horror on her finger slowly poisoning her. What's to be done, she thought. Should she call off the wedding? How could she marry this fool if he thought this was okay? What was this clown going to produce at the altar for a wedding band? A rolled up piece of tin foil? No. This was completely unacceptable. She needed to hatch a plan and fast. She simply must, must, must have Barbara's ring on her finger by the time she walked down the aisle. Perhaps she could tearfully explain to her mother-in-law-to-be that she'd lost hers and could she possibly step in and save the day with something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Later that week, Michelle paid Barbara a surprise visit and was nearly asphyxiated as usual as Barbara embraced her and smashed her about the head with all the bangles. As the two sat down, Barbara reached into the folds of her billowing caftan. Michelle always thought it was a wonder she didn't trip herself up with these daft robes and break her neck. When Barbara pulled out something and held it out to Michelle in her giant hands. Missing something? she boomed. Me? replied Michelle. I don't think so. Really? How strange I found this in my punch bowl. 
At that, she opened her fat fist and revealed the turquoise ring. In your what? In my punch bowl. It was at the bottom of my punch bowl after my party, your engagement ring. Michelle frowned and narrowed her eyes to look at the ring. I don't think so, Barbara. Mine's nothing like that. Where is yours? I see you aren't wearing it. Yes, I've lost it on the train or at the Hoover or something. I was too scared to tell Tim as he'd be upset. Well, you're very clumsy, aren't you? Put it back on now, replied Barbara, her tone menacing. No, Barbara, that's not mine. That cheap horror is not my beloved engagement ring and I don't know how it got into your punch bowl. Yes, it is. And I do. I have just blown up one of the pictures from my birthday party to paint myself from in a self-portrait and I notice you in the photo lurking at the back of the lounge with your hand quite clearly plunged into my punch bowl for some ridiculous reason. It must be one of those optical illusions, Barbara. Weird camera angle. But that is not my ring, Michelle said, rage beginning to rise. Yes, it is, Michelle. I should know. I chose it myself when shopping with Timmy, Barbara replied sweetly. I think it was that day Timmy snuck back and got me my Bobby Dazzler, the naughty boy. You chose me this ring. Michelle froze, tears knifing at her eyes. You chose me this ring. Michelle froze, tears knifing at her eyes. You. It's funny what you said about Princess Di, Barbara. Didn't she say there were three people in her marriage? Timmy got in a muddle and asked what I thought you'd like best. Now pop it on and let's have a cuppa. You've spot my little surprise of your wedding present now, silly Michelle. Our wedding present? Swallowing something back nasty that was rising from her stomach, Michelle asked. Is the self-portrait of you our wedding present, Barbara? Yes, I've taken it from a lovely photo Tim took of me wearing my new ring at my party. I was working downstairs in the studio on it when you dropped in unannounced. She explained that she'd been down in her basement studio, which Michelle had always considered a shocking waste of space. After all, it'd be such a great little place for a tanning booth or a hot tub. Barbara declared she was annoyed by Michelle's call, but she'd make them some tea and then they could go down while she continued with her masterpiece. Michelle usually hated tea at Barbara's. It wasn't like normal person's tea. It had a funny smell and tasted like weeds. But she didn't mind a little bit of suffering that day as she watched Barbara rattle around in her scruffy kitchen, putting on the kettle, her enormous sapphire glinting, mocking Michelle. Because a brilliant plan had suddenly come to her. The perfect plan to solve all her problems, and as well as doing herself a favour, she'd be doing the art world a big favour too. It really was the most dreadful shock, of course. And there was talk at the time of postponing the wedding. Poor Barbara! Found at the bottom of the stairs. It was thought she had probably tripped over a silly caftan and plunged headlong down the long staircase into her studio. One good thing was the amazing timing. Michelle told Timmy, it's as though Barbara is smiling down on me from heaven as, would you believe it, poor Michelle had lost her engagement ring on the train or somewhere the very day poor Barbara had cruelly perished. It was Tim who had the idea, after a little prompting from Michelle, and what a marvellous idea it was. Tim proclaimed it would be a wonderful tribute, a fitting memorial to the mother-in-law she'd never have.
It was all so moving and rather beautiful. As Michelle burst into tears, Tim realised how hard his mother's death had hit her. And so he had to insist. It was the right thing to do. It was what his mum would have wanted. Michelle should take Barbara's ring as her own. Walking down the aisle, her brunette mane blown out and rolled high on her head, Michelle's eyes sparkled as she glided towards her beloved. At last, she'd found the one. Of course, they didn't sparkle as much as the huge sapphire she'd inherited. What could? It brought a little tear to her eye as she reached him at the altar. Only a little one, though, as she had to think of her mascara and the photographs later on but just enough to show how genuinely cut up she was about her dearly departed mother-in-law, gigantic idiot she might have been. But she was right about one thing. This ring really was a Bobby Dazzler. Her Bobby Dazzler. Bobby Dazzler was written and narrated by Emma Sheehan for the Ordinary People's Theatre.